May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be found acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. We are at an in-between time at this time of the year. Our liturgical calendar tells us that today is still Christmas. It is, in fact, the 12th day of the 12 days of Christmas, and that means that tonight is the 12th night. And that should ring a bell for all of us Shakespeare fans. His play, Twelfth Night, is a comedy that occurs at the traditional 12th night of Christmas party. Now, I know that many of us didn't realize that there's supposed to be a party tonight, but uh, it is actually the one that is meant to be happening tonight, traditionally, as the last party of the old year, before we get on with tomorrow and the first day of Epiphany and the fully settling into the new year. So through Twelfth Night tonight, it's still Christmas. But our daily calendar this morning tells us that today is already the fifth day of the new year. So it can be difficult emotionally to stay wrapped up in our feelings of Christmas while we're also being pulled fully into the new year. So perhaps we need some direction for our journey into this new year ahead. And so I call your attention to the prophetic words that are found in our gospel lesson this morning. For in the second chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew, we encounter that great biblical prophet, King Herod. And what he has to say to us can make all the difference in how we travel into this new year. Now you may find it a bit strange to hear of King Herod as a biblical prophet. Prophets as we think of them are normally men and women of faith, people God raises up to speak in their own generation. Their messages are nearly always a plea to turn to God, to have their lives embody kindness and mercy, and to act justly with everyone, especially the poor. But Herod, well, you don't have to know much about history to know that this fellow we call Herod the Great was one of the most murderous villains who ever lived. He had a paranoid personality. When anyone even faintly opposed him, he would have them summarily executed, and that included his own wife and most of his own children. The Emperor Augustus, noting that Jewish law forbade the slaughtering of pigs for food, once said, it is safer to be Herod's pig than Herod's son. What a lovely guy. In our passage this morning, when it says that Herod was troubled over the news of the birth of a king and all Jerusalem was troubled with him, note that it says they were troubled with, not for, Herod. They knew that if Herod was troubled, that would mean trouble for them. And yet, in spite of it all, Herod's advice concerning the birth of Jesus has come down through the ages with the ring of prophetic truth. Deeply troubled, Herod said to the wise men, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and pay him homage. Well, Herod's motive was, of course, not homage, but homicide. 
And yet his counsel regarding the Christ child may be among the most prophetic words ever spoken. In fact, if you and I fail to heed them, we may miss the most important thing that we can do in this new year ahead. For Herod's first word to us is this, that this Christmas almost complete and this new year already begun involves a journey we are all to make. Go and search diligently for the child. You know, when we think about it, this time of year is full of journeys. It begins with Mary and Joseph at, you know, making that long 70-mile trek from Nazareth south to Bethlehem. And having traveled it by bus myself, I can hardly imagine how Mary made it on the back of a donkey. And then there's the journey of the shepherds who, when they heard the angelic chorus, came on the run. And later comes the journey of our wise men, which ends tomorrow with the coming of Epiphany, following the star to the place where the child was living. And after that comes the Holy Family's escape from political persecution as they become refugees in a foreign country before they, at last, are able to return home again. Even in our own time, this has always been a time for journeying. I remember a few years ago being told by a parishioner of how she got a visit from a jolly bearded fellow with a great big bag over his shoulder. She said, my son came home from college with his laundry. But all of our journeys at this time of the year are just a reflection of the journey that is at the heart of it all. On one definite night, God slipped into human history in the least expected form to share in person the life we live so that we might share in person in the life He lives. Think of it, God, the almighty creator, entering into a back alley stable in a nearly forgotten corner of the world that he might share our life so that we in turn might share in his love and his life. I mean, that's what it means to make this journey, to discover the child who is God. And that's the miracle of it all that God is Emmanuel, God with us, God in us. Go and search diligently for this child, says Herod the prophet. And here's the other part of Herod's prophecy. The miracle of this journey has to be personally experienced. It cannot be had by proxy. When you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and worship him. But here is where Herod made his fatal error. He said to the wise men, you go, you make the journey. Then you can bring me word. But Herod had no intention of going himself. And that won't do because no one can delegate the journey to another. Now, Herod is right in one respect. We are to go and then return and tell the good news of Jesus to everyone that they too might journey and discover and finally worship. But Herod failed. 
Herod had no intention of actually worshiping, as he said. Herod saw no personal need for a savior, though he most desperately needed to be saved from himself. Ultimately, he was left to live in the hell of the person that he had chosen to become. He was wrong. We all must take that journey. In the end, the Christ who comes to us calls us to make that personal journey in which we decide if we will invite him into our hearts as Lord and Savior. The problem, the thing that stops so many from making that journey is the same thing that stopped Herod. We cannot accept or appreciate the gift of a Savior if we have never owned up to our personal need of one, if we've never faced ourselves with the truth that we are the ones in need of that saving gift. A Savior is no gift at all until we know in our hearts how deeply we need to be saved, saved from ourselves. If we would be saved from ourselves, we must reach out for the one who has come reaching out for us. A department store in a small town would every Christmas invite the children of the town to paint the store windows with Christmas scenes. In one particular year, a young girl painted a picture of the first Christmas instead of the usual Santas and snowmen. She had all of the animals there in the manger, and Joseph and Mary holding the baby, and was just finishing up when a car pulled up. Out tumbled a mother with four children, and they gazed at the Santas and the snowmen. But one little boy stood motionless in front of the girl's painting of the Holy Family. He was transfixed by the Christ child in Mary's arms, and suddenly he reached up on tiptoes and touched the baby's tiny fingers. The paint was still wet. And just then, the store's owners came out to see how all the children's work had gone. When they looked at the manger, there was a tiny smudge on the picture's surface, on Jesus' fingers, just where the boy had reached and for them. The young girl, still nearby, rushed up and started to repair it. No, don't, said one of the owners. That little smudge is a reminder of what this is really all about, a time when we can touch the Savior. Herod missed the Savior because he sent someone else. What about you and me in this new year? Don't make the same mistake. Take the journey. Hear the words of Herod the prophet. Go, search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, tell everyone that they may come and worship. May you have the merriest 12th day and this 12th night of Christmas, and may you have the most blessed new year. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.